Hello and welcome to Level Up and Friends, the uh, weekly podcast where those of us from the video game and comic book store Level Up Entertainment get together some friends and have a due discussion about things we're passionate about every week. Uh, Happy New Year, everyone. This is going to be the first podcast of 2021. Uh, Happy New Year. Yeah. So I know finally 2020s in in the past. Life will be life will never be bad again. (laughs) Um, Only go But you know, at the end of each year, we (laughs) like to. Say at, at the end of each year, we like to look back. Uh, it's been a tradition for the past five or so years. Um, we do our uh, whatever the current year is didn't completely suck awards, where we kind of pick our uh, favorite games and uh, comics and such throughout the year. Um, this is the first year we've had a podcast where we feel like we could discuss this stuff. Um, so if you want, not everyone who participated at the store is in this podcast. If you want to see the full list, uh, go to levelupentertainment.com and see him um but yeah so with that i'm gonna introduce everybody uh i'm your host as usual scott and with me i've got greg hey what's going on uh we've got joe hello i got john hey how's it going uh we've also got wes hey how's it going everyone Um, good can't complain well i guess i could complain because this year's been a uh cluster beep yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I don't know. I think the store did surprisingly well, all things considered. Um, but uh, so years ago, we named these awards. Uh, this year didn't completely suck awards, I think, just as a joke. Um, but man, did we ever need to remind ourselves of some sort of positivity uh, uh, than this year? Um, you know, I've mentioned on the podcast, I try to keep things you know, focused on like things we like rather than things we don't. Um, but there's been some good stuff this year. You know, just had to look for it a little bit. Um, but let me introduce our categories a little bit. We're going to do best video games, best comic books, uh, best collectibles. And then we're going to do our best TV shows slash movies, which is going to be mostly TV shows this year because the world shut down. Um, and then what a new one we haven't done before is like kind of our, because I want to do another positive thing. And kind of like the best surprise we had of the year. Um, this could be from basically anything that we thought was interesting that we didn't expect to be as good as it was. Um, but I'm going to start, let's start us off. We're going to do a video game category first. Um, so Greg, why don't you introduce us your pick for best game of the year? Well, my game of the year was technically, well, not technically, it was released last year, but I finally had to play it this year. I had finally had some time. Um, it was the remake of Link's Awakening uh, for Switch. Um, Never played it before. Um, I played it very, uh, that's not exactly true. I played it sparingly on the on the Game Boy um, years and years ago. I got to like the beginning, never played much after that. But um, with the new updated graphics and the such kind of drew me in, even though the game was a tad expensive for um, a remake um, and a fairly short remake at that. But I had a blast. It like, just felt like, felt like the day I played Link to the Past. It was just like such a great game, such a fun, fun game. And it wasn't overly hard. There was just the right amount of like difficulty. There's lots of hidden things, just like you know any other Zelda, you know, the hearts and all the weapons you get, and, and the, all the like the, the little secrets you find. Um, but I, I really, really enjoyed the graphic, the graphical update. Um, that was really what drew me to it. Um, it just looks like a really beautiful. It is. It looks like a really beautiful game. Like it's just almost like animated style. Yeah, I know in uh, some earlier episodes of the podcast, I uh, discussed that Link's Awakening is my favorite Zelda game. Um, and it's really a one-to-one remake. Like everything, like every square is the same. 
for for the most part yeah. i know they changed the the camera shop to now it's like a like a dungeon maker kind of thing with dompe um but for the most part it, it is link's awakening it's you know obviously based on the game boy color version because i think it says that it has the color dungeon right yeah yeah uh, did was, you yeah i think that might be a bonus dungeon yeah, it was a bonus dungeon they added for the the Game Boy Color remakes, is because this is the second time they've remade it. Um, did you find all the secret seashells? Um, most of them. There was a couple I had. I I'm gonna go back and look, look at the guide and figure it out because I just couldn't figure out what they wanted me to do to get it. Um, but I'm gonna go back and get the the all this. I only I'm only missing about I think less than ten. So yeah. I did a pretty decent job of it. Uh, I was about to say, when I was a kid on the Game Boy, uh, I literally dug every spot on the island just trying to find them. Um, but, it was, but it was a <laughs> yeah, lot of fun looking get... for them, yeah. In the original one, do you get the little thing that tells you if you're close to a seashell, or is that something new for the remake? I think it's something they added in the Game Boy Color version. I'm not sure. I, I don't remember exactly. It's been, it's yeah, because that made it much easier. It. I, I haven't picked up the Switch version gotcha. yet. Uh, $60 is a little cost prohibitive for a Game Boy game. Um, I don't disagree. Yeah, so I'm yeah. kind of waiting f- to find it on sale. Um, but I do collect the Zelda game, so I will get it eventually. Like, I just got Breath of the Wild for Switch this year. I originally had it for Wii U. Nice. Um, but yeah, so I, I've been playing that right now. But yeah, uh, Link's Awakening is a good one. Um, let's move on to the next one. Joey, tell us a little bit about your game of the year. Um, well... For me, it's tough because I guess I'm known to only play like a handful of games and that's it. Like I don't play a ton of new games. But um, in the year, in the beginning of the year, uh, there was a game, Risk Rain 2, that came out that I was sort of hooked. But ever since like uh, I got Hades, which I'm sure it's it's popular everywhere online as one of the top games of the year. As soon as I started playing Hades, I was hooked. The story's great. The visuals are great. It's like a, it's tough, but it's also rewarding, but it's like a forgiving rewarding where like a Souls game is tough and you you die and you die and you die and it, it becomes rewarding. I feel like this has a little lenient, a little like easier with the story. It makes it more enjoyable to play. And I really like like rogue type games where they're, you know, every run's different. You're not gonna have the same thing every time. It's a lot of replay value. And, and I'm just, I, I basically play it every day, play a run or two every day. Uh, since I got it and I'm just hooked on it it's made from the same people that made like Bastion and Transistor so the art style is great the soundtrack's great um, it's a game worth looking on it's on the Switch it's on the PC uh, I know Katie got it Bastion was a great game I love that game yeah it's it, it's it's the same kind of like the the, the voice acting is great and it, it everything just works but Katie started playing it on the on the PC because that's where I have it right now and she got so hooked, she's like, I have to have it okay. on the Switch. She wants that, you know, the portability factor to play it. Currently, that's what she's been doing and probably doing right now as we're recording this podcast. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, so it's it's a roguelike. It, now, I'm known for not really liking those kinds of games. Um, is Do you think, now you know me a little bit, Joey, do you think it's something I would get into? Because I really like the the style of it. I think so. It's 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 a little more forgiving than other roguelike it's not like isaac where it's a little more you know that can tend to get you swamps but it's it's tough but it's it the story grabs you it's a, it's a story-based game uh like everybody you meet you end up talking and you end up learning and it's with like like the greek gods and everything you're 
you're trying to escape from Hades, you're from the from the underworld. You know, you're fighting, facing off against, uh, you know, the undead, and you're getting help from like Zeus and Poseidon and things like that. So it's like, as you get things, you have to watch and see what you're building, and it's it's just the story grabs you and you get sucked in, and then the gameplay grabs you and sucked in. It's it's worth a, a look worth a watch to see if it's something that you're into but it's it's really really good have, have you guys been streaming at all uh i have not gotten into that yet mm-hmm. uh, the, the last i mean the last couple of weeks here at the end of the year i've been thinking about getting back into streaming but the last couple of weeks here at the end of the year have been utterly insane uh so well, I, mean, I haven't gotten into but starting the new year after this i'm it's one of those games i'm, I'm gonna play for sure because yeah, I, I i would definitely check out a stream of it uh just to see you know if it's oh, absolutely! It's 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 a it's a great game. Um, I've technically finished it. Uh, I've gotten credits, but there's so much like post game stuff to unlock and and do. There's collectible. It's a, it's a really just in depth game. It's really great and worth. Right now, it's I think on sale pretty much everywhere because of the holiday season. Yeah, I, I saw it on sale and I was like half tempted, but it's like twenty dollars, and I'm like I don't know if mm. I'm gonna enjoy it um so i i mean everyone i know is is online is is just going crazy for it john right. you could you kind of had a pick that i thought was a little interesting that i didn't expect um why don't you tell us a little bit about what you you picked yeah so um <clears throat> my game of the year was uh, mafia definitive D- edition uh it's a game that originally came out on ps2 um and they built it up uh, from the ground up this time for ps4 and xbox one uh it's really really good um as far as a game that's like you know uh minimal price range it's like 40 dollars now uh but graphic wise it is beautiful um you know as soon as you load in the game they they take you around the city visually and they show you a little bit of uh kind of like the map that you're going to be playing in uh and it is beautiful um the game is as far as like an open world game it, it doesn't have too much to offer uh but it's mainly just a story driven game um, but the story is really good, and it and it goes in depth uh, a little bit more than the other mafia games. Uh, if you played two or three, um, but it's definitely definitely the best one that I've played. So I haven't played any of the the mafia games. It, it's a little like GTA ish, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's honestly I haven't played all of GTA V's campaign. It's the only GTA game I've played, um, but. Like, as far as, like, an open-world game, it is open-world, um, but there isn't really much to do. Like, you can't just walk into a store or anything like that. Like, you have to play the through the campaign to really do stuff. Okay. Um, but they do have, like, side missions that you can do and things like that, but it's more of a story-driven game. Uh, but the story is really good in it. Okay. So It's definitely worth the price. It's worth the price. I wouldn't pay 60 for it, but 40 was was definitely worth it. Okay, you said it was a PS2 game, so yeah, and they kind of make sense some of the yeah, then. yeah, yeah. But it's a great remake, though. It's a great remake. Yeah, it's a cool game that they remade because it's been a weird, it's been a weird year or so for random remakes. Like Battle for Bikini Bottom was remade yeah. for whatever reason. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, that's cool. Uh, hey, Wes, we're gonna jump over to you now. Uh, tell us a little bit about your game of the year. Um, that was a tough one because initially I was gonna pick Resident Evil Three remake which I thought was fantastic. But then I wound up thinking, like, which game did I spend the most time on? And it was Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. Okay. I I loved it. Loved it, loved it. Um, being a Dragon Ball fan, it, it 
gave you an opportunity. It was a Dragon Ball RPG. And it gave you the opportunity to play through each of the Dragon Ball Z storylines um, with a lot of character building and side quests and side missions. Uh, the graphics were great. Um, you could put it in Japanese, which that was my first exposure to Dragon Ball. So that was my language of preference. And when you do that, it has a scene for scene shot in in-game engine of the Japanese intro. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so it was, it was, it was really good. Uh, you know, the downloadable content and, you know, it takes you from when Raddus first shows up all the way to the Majin Buu. And then the downloadable content picks up with the Battle of the Gods. So yeah, you, you get everybody's transformation as per the storyline. Uh, so that was definitely one of the best Dragon Ball games I, I have played and I played them all. I would say, I know you played them all. I actually just assumed it was a fighting game because that's what they all are now. Yeah, no, it, it's an it's an RPG. It's a lot of fighting in it. Was well, it, um, it like an action RPG in the way that like Kingdom Hearts is an RPG? Yes. Okay. Yeah. But it's not like turn based, like you know Final Fantasy. No, VI. it's all yeah. it's all real time like action based RPG. But the fighting, you know, it's a lot of it's very fast fighting. It's Dragon Ball style fighting. You know, big fireballs and teleportation, and um, but you level up your character. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. by doing little side quests and making friends and uh oh, it's without a doubt it was so good that's cool i'll check it out then now that i have a playstation 4 uh i'll give it a shot i just got one recently um so with that i'm gonna go to my pick and it's funny you said you picked it because it's the game you put the most hours in this is not that if i did it would have been animal crossing but you know it's just like animal crossing i picked doom eternal um same thing yeah it's basically the same <laughs> game um but uh I loved Doom 2016, but it had some shortcomings. It was kind of repetitive. A lot of the same kind of environments, a lot of the same demons. Um, this one took everything that great that that game did and fixed every problem I think you had, I could have with it. There's way more enemy types and they're all play way more differently than each other uh, before they were just kind of like sponges and coming at you. But like the, each demon kind of requires different strategies and they come at you in really crazy comp, like, unexpected combinations um your character is way more mobile so it's a very 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 fast paced very energetic very chaotic game um but it's very visceral and like i don't normally like first person shooters but something about doom just works for me um it's also a lot of fun because there's tons of hidden collectibles and things to find and like you have like your own hub like station now so as you find things like you find like the toys of like demons and stuff in the game, you can find your like, you have you have like an office in it which has an old PC which you can unlock Doom one and two like in their entirety on, um, and play there. But like you have all like you'll find like records like so it'll be like music for Commander Keen you can put into the game, stuff like that. It's I don't know something about it. It's it's just a lot of fun. Um, there's so much cool platforming. The game's very vertical which is neat. Um, yeah, it's it's Doom just cranked up to the eleventh, uh, you know, cranked up to eleven. I haven't done the DLC yet, I, so I can't comment on that. But the main game is really good. Well, question, Scott. Yeah. Because um, I know like Doom BFG was like a survival horror. Is it like that, or did it? No, go back it's 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 back it's back to Doom roots the, since the reboot the in twenty sixteen. Yeah, where it's just first person shooter, but like there's you know no cover, so you have to constantly be on the move. If you stay in one place, you're gonna just die. Because demons will just get you. Cool. But 
Did you play it on Switch? I played it on PC. I I because okay. I got it back when we we're on lockdown. I was gonna say, um, I think did it, did it come out on Switch? It just came out on Switch. Okay. Uh, it was delayed for whatever reason for Switch. Okay. Um, but you know now now it's now that it's on Switch, it's on everything. Um, I think it's really good, and this is and I'm not somebody who really likes FPS games. Mm. Um, so I I really enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, so with that, let's move on to comic books since we're also a comic book store. Um, Greg, tell us about your comic of the year. Uh, my comic of the year, I had to, you know, I read so many comics and sometimes I kind of forget what I read. Um, I but one of, the, one of the books that stood out for me, especially because it was um, the creative team I was really like excited for uh, is Image Comics Undiscovered Country written by Greg Capullo, not Greg Capullo, sorry, Scott Snyder, and um, and Charles Soule, and drawn by Giuseppe Camonucci. I'm going to butcher his last name, but I've liked him for a while. Um, basically, what the book's about, I've actually read the, through the first um, story arc so far, but the book's been about, um, <clears throat> basically, America <clears throat> got walled off, I think it was 30, 30 years? I forget exactly how long time frame, like, but America walled itself off from the rest of the world. Uh, the world's in two different sections. There's like a pan-Asian and pan-European. I forget exactly what the, <clears throat> excuse me, what the European Union's called. It might just call it European Union, but they're the two major um, like civilizations left besides, you know, wherever America is. And basically there's this, when, when, the, when the comic starts, there's also this um, disease that's going around <clears throat> that's killing off everybody so they're trying to then what happens is they get this wait, mysterious wait, message is, from, is this a science fiction book because this doesn't sound <laughs> like it is no nothing like <laughs> it's funny how a lot of these books a lot of these things that has been happening is it kind of sort of happens and has been happening in the real world it's kind of weird like this was before the whole pandemic really started like this when this book first came out um but um so long story short, they get uh, this this message from America saying you can you can get here. Um, we have we have the um, the cure for you know this. I forget what it's called off the top of my head. I'm really I should have wrote down notes, but I I forget almost everything. Um, yeah, it's <laughs> but fine. they had this cure. So basically, they get this team going to go to America. So they they fly. It's like a there's there's a person who's like represents the European Union. There's a person who represents Pan-Asian Union, there's a, you know, uh, a person who studied old American uh, history, and not even old American history, but just American history, uh, and a couple other people, you know, like the normal, like, D&D style group, you know, a, a weapons expert, you know, a, a scientist, you know, that type of stuff, and um, basically, uh, they, they come, to, they go in, they find out it was uh, not what exactly they thought it was going to be, I don't want to spoil much of it, um, because I thought it was a really cool twist, but basically America's not as friendly as I thought it was going going to be. Um, but it's crazy. It's almost, it's post-apocalyptic. Um, spoilers are here a little bit here, so not not really storyline-wise, but it's basically, they find it's like, it's almost like post-apocalyptic Mad Max-ish, but like even crazier, because like there's a, they, they ride on like land sharks, like literally like sharks that run on the land, they're riding on those. There's weird like pterodactyl type things. So it's like, this weird thing that's like, how did this happen? That's kind of like, that's the mystery of like what's going on, at least the first story arc. Um, and they almost have to do something like where it's 
the map of the United States kind of almost goes like circular to the into like the very interior of the United States. So it's almost like like the yellow brick road where like they go into different areas and they, they follow it to kind of and it's like a they have to get deeper into America to figure out what's going on and get out. Um, there's 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 a lot more like to it than what I'm talking about. There's, there's a really cool twist that you find out pretty early on um, <clears throat> in like things issue two or three you find out about. But it's if you like science fiction and like just really crazy like um, really crazy like art design and just the character design is really really excellent in this book. Um, like I'm only on through issue issue six, which is the boys' first story arc, and it gave definitely gave me like a Mad Max on drugs type of you know vibe even more so than a regular Mad Max type of movie or a comic book. Yeah, the concept remember was for it was really interesting, and I know the first issue had a really striking cover. What was like a map of North America, just the parts that were the United States are just whited out, like they just don't exist. Yeah. Yeah. So I know it's like one of those things is like America just yep. disappeared to the world. Nobody knows about it. And there was like an expedition going in. Yeah, there was nobody talked to America for I think it's like 30 years or whatever it might have been. Uh, again, I'm not, I don't remember the exact time frame, but um uh it it was it the creative team is excellent. Um and just, I really enjoy like the whole premise of it uh, besides the whole, like, you know, the side story of like fighting the, their pandemic, um, which kind of like is a coincidence, but like there's more to it than that, which, um, but yeah, I highly recommend it, especially like science fiction, but it's, um, it's a different type of book and it's like not your typical, it's really out there. I mean, that's all I can really say about it without yeah. spoiling much more of it. But I know I've been uh, waiting. It's, for it's the... really, it's yeah. pretty cool concept. Yeah. I've, I've been waiting for the trade on that. Um... I think it's gonna be I just kind of missed the boat I just I don't buy a lot of single issues anymore um just for personal reasons it's just I do I want to own this forever kind of thing um so it's harder to jump into like new unproven like books but it sounds really cool and I want to check it out um although Joe you have the opposite thing so why don't you tell us about your uh book that you picked for the year oh mine's so this is my weakest of the categories uh (laughs) I come in and out of comic books, like uh, reading, but uh, and I can never pronounce. I uh, can't pronounce. Want, I can I can say what it is if you go know. for it because I'll screw it up. Uh, it's Usagi Yojimbo. There you go. I it, can do it, the it's Yojimbo. Japanese for rabbit bodyguard. Yes, I can do the Yojimbo. That's easy. Because <laughs> the reason why I, I like I just I'm bad with that kind of stuff, so I don't want to butcher it. Mm. Thank you, Scott. Uh, You're welcome. Yeah, the comic books in me are, are weird. I get into something and then I bounce back and forth and I got this collection uh, last Christmas, like 2019. And uh, because it was one of those things that I saw like throughout the whole year. And, you know, I really uh, love uh, like Kurosawa movies, like Yojimbo, which is based, you know, which then was based the, the, fistful of dollars and like stuff like that so that kind of like art style and and pacing and stuff was always something that I loved so I I always saw this comic and I always gravitated towards that with this you know seven samurais and all that kind of stuff so like I was just trying to think while making the list of stuff I was like what did I look at it what did I read what grabbed me and I was like oh it has to be it has to be this because otherwise you know I don't know anything else but it's just it's just that that styling of uh, you know Japanese uh, folklore and 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 traditional stuff like that that it just it's it's up my alley and it's it's something that I think I 
gravitated towards the most this year. I don't. I'm not as in depth with the comics. Sorry. That's fine. I mean, I, I can. It's also... my weakest. It's my weakest link. Like, I remember uh, years ago. Like, I mean, as a kid, I I bought. I was you know a comic guy. I bought all the you know the Spider Mans and all, I bought everything, yeah. and then I realized reading wasn't my greatest attribute in life because I'd read and fall asleep. So I like I just so but every now and then I, I it just hits me and I buy like eighteen hundred books and just read a bunch of stuff. So that's fun. Um I I re- I also read Usagi Ujimbo. It's one of my favorite comics for years. Um I've been collecting it for a while and it's always of quality. Stan Sakai writes and draws every issue. Um, they're doing like a side series now where they're kind of redoing a lot of his old stories. Um, so it's kind of a good time to jump on. He just started again. Um, where they, they're at IDW now. So they kind of started over with new number ones. Although I think they're up to like issue 20 something now. Um, but, you know, it, where Ninja Turtles goes, Yusaki goes. So now they're all at IDW. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a good book. I also recommend uh, grabbing it. Uh, but spoiler alert, I did not pick it as my book of the year um but we'll get there uh let's go on to john let's tell us about your favorite uh comic from 2020 uh it was definitely batman uh hands down batman this year was really good for a multitude of reasons uh the three jokers was really good but that wasn't my pick uh i started reading batman again i picked it up once tom king uh kind of finished with it and uh james tinian picked it up around uh issue 86 i think it was yeah, 86 uh, yeah and it was it was really good I, I i like the way that he writes batman i think it's it's definitely more um it's geared towards like i, w- I would compare it to like the arkham video games like i i like those games and i like the way that that batman's written and i think it's kind of on the same aspect uh as far as like he's dark he's gritty but he's also has like a personality um and i also like uh jorge jimenez's uh art his art is really really good um all the characters are well written especially once you get towards uh issue 89 where a lot of the villains are introduced and the new villains that are going to get introduced in the story arc are introduced uh like the designer and punchline uh they're really good and they add a lot uh to the story um but once you get into joker war which is uh I want to say 95 to 100 it it gets really good and it dives deep into bruce wayne's backstory his his past and uh like the monarch theater and everything like that uh and it shows you this new joker uh who you know is the same old guy who's you know you know pretty evil and pretty bad but uh you know he's got new tricks up his sleeve uh and it also shows a different side of harley quinn who's a little jealous right now that joker has a a new new girlfriend sidekick kind of thing um but she also helps out batman a lot throughout this and batman has to make decisions that in the past he's never had to make so um i think that james tinian did a really good job on batman uh so far and i'm a little bit far behind i'm not all caught up on batman but definitely from 86 to 100 is what i pretty much read this year and i it's definitely been my favorite so your favorite comic's really just joker war Pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. It's kind of the arc that I started this year and then 
kind of finished into and i have to catch up now that i'm on break but well because they're you're, you're not too far behind because that joke where ended with you 100 i think they just went up to like 105 106 yeah, they're up to 105, 105 yeah, yeah. Now the aftermath and i i think i left off at 102 or 103 um but yeah i mean it, it is really good and then and I think me and you talked about this, Scott, whereas like one of the things that they did really well is they kind of uh, showed what happens when you strip away Bruce Wayne's money. Mm-hmm. Um, I I do wish that they dove a little bit deeper into that because they, they do it for a couple of issues and then he kind of gets it back. But it's it's a little weird without spoiling it. But I, I think that would have been a really interesting status quo and direction to take it. Not saying that it's not yeah. not bad that they didn't do that. Uh, again, we don't want to spoil too much if you haven't read it. Uh, trade paperback for Joe Core should be coming out soon. Yeah, I think it's coming out pretty soon. A couple months, maybe. Yeah, I, I think maybe even later this month. This is going to go up in January on January first, but um, yeah. So it's going to go on my on my staff pick rack uh, for sure once we get it in. Because oh yeah, no problem. It, it is definitely worth reading. Um, I agree. I agree with John. That was it. Yeah. Was really good. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, also, and, like I got to issue, I just finished Dark Designs, which is issue, issue ninety four, and like I agree, it's if it wasn't Batman, I would have probably picked it. But like since I feel like I try to choose something that's a little different, but it, I will agree. Like I think, like I stopped reading Batman when Tom, like after the first arc of Tom King, because I just thought it was awful. Like I know I heard it got better until like and I heard like the Bain, City of Bane got good. But I was like, I'll just wait till Tinian comes on because I really liked his actually run on detective which i recommend too to you john detective comics his run on that was yeah really good up until the end unfortunately like it looks like he kind of got pushed off of it but Mm -hmm. but um detective was very good but yeah i'm really digging batman i haven't dug batman this much in in a probably since rebirth good writer yeah i'll say i'm a bit of a lapsed batman reader so this actually sounds pretty cool now i'm not much of a joker guy like is this a good joker story is it more of business as usual um a little bit of both. Okay. Uh, it, it changed his character a little bit, but it it's not in the sense of like three jokers where it, it it's all about him. Um, it mainly focuses on on Bruce Wayne. Okay. Um, which is so weird because Batman books usually don't. Yeah, I know. It's funny because like uh, with what Tom <laughs> King did at the end of City of Bane was you know he killed off Alfred, um, and I think James Tinian does a good job of kind of using that to play on bruce wayne's emotions um but yeah it's 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 a little bit of a psychological thriller uh in the sense because uh just the way it's written is is really good but it definitely it definitely pulls on the strings of of you know bruce wayne has a lot of you know uh trauma from from his childhood and and from the, the murder of his parents cool um well, you know, from one happy superhero, let's go to another one. Uh, hey, Wes, tell us about your comic. <laughs> um, I, I picked that was this is another tough one, man, because I read so much stuff, but yeah, I, I narrowed it down to a book that I actually look forward to reading every time it comes out, and that's the first book I grab. Um, so it's, it's Daredevil. Um, mm-hmm. The Dark awesome. current run on Daredevil is really good. It, uh, it it gives you a different perspective of Daredevil. Um, we all know he's a street-level hero, um, but it's like they really broke him down to a street-level character. Uh, you know, you deal with the whole Wilson Fisk being the mayor 
Um, and there's a lot of battle of Hell's Kitchen, and it's not with like super villains, it's with the rich. Um, and in the mix, not trying to give too much away, but Daredevil winds up killing somebody. And the current storyline is him dealing with the guilt of, of killing somebody. Um, he doesn't feel he's worthy of protecting anybody. A lot of the issues, he's not in costume, which is unusual for a superhero book. Um, you know, he, he it's more of uh, him reflecting on his life and why he was chosen to do this and if he wants to do this anymore. Uh, and then he, he feels that he needs to pay for what he did, which is something a superhero would never do. They just kind of, you know, it's like a casualty of war. Um, but he feels remorseful of what happened. He's trying to come to grips with that. I mean, he um, is know, the most to, Catholic character to ever exist. So he is, oh, and it's it's a lot. Of, he relies heavily on his his faith to kind of guide him through it, and he doesn't always get there. Okay. Um, other out, outside influences kind of try to tell him what he should do. Uh, there was a confrontation with Spider Man where you know Spider Man tells him to give up the costume. He's like, "Stop being Daredevil." So like I said, so there's a long period of time where there's no Daredevil. There's just Matt Murdock. And he kind of goes back to the to the black outfit um, that he wore in, uh, in the Netflix show and in the Man Without Fear miniseries um, up into this, the current issues where, uh, you know, a lot of the speculators are gobbling up all the issues yeah. um, because he does actually, you know, pay for what he did. So, yeah, Daredevil is surprisingly, surprisingly really good this run okay again i'm also i'm also a lapsed daredevil guy uh wes i gotta ask you a question about this daredevil there's a couple a couple of our comic customers came in and they talked about this series i haven't read it yet um but they said it's it's one it's gonna go down as one of the best storylines in in daredevil history uh what's your take on that do you agree with that i i agree i agree this this current story because you're looking at daredevil in a whole new light um, right, right. Like I said, he's he's not in costume. He's not running around like you know, oh, like your typical superhero like Spider Man saving the day. It, it, it's not like that. And because of the fact that he kills somebody, and I want to say outside of Wonder Woman, you know, he's the only other superhero I can remember that actually killed somebody. Um, well, besides someone like the Punisher, you know, the, whose whole stick right, is the Punisher people. and Wolverine. But he he's actually remorseful of what he did and feels he needs to pay for what he did. So which is totally different. That's it's something we haven't seen um, in in current superhero comics, uh, especially yeah. something from Marvel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, yes, John, I agree. This is definitely one of the best Daredevil runs I've read in a long time. I I think you can make the debate to be top five, definitely yeah. on there. Because I mean, you have and he's debatable, but like you have the Frank Miller run. Yeah, the, I think the yeah. first Mark, the first Mark Wade run is excellent. I was gonna say Mark Wade's tough to beat, but that also it's also very different. That's much yeah. more lighthearted than the yeah. But that's why I said his first run. The second run, yeah. when they relaunched, it wasn't as good with the number one when they, when Marvel's kind of just relaunching willy nilly. Um, is that the one with uh, the blind spot where he has a sidekick? No, this no is... that was um Charles Soule, which was okay. Yeah, that was the um. The, it I'm was sorry. A, yeah, no, Charles Soule now. No, no, Chip Zdarsky's now. And then I, Zdarsky's I would now, say, yeah. um, Kev, this Kevin Smith run is up there, and this one. So top, somewhere in the top four, I think. Yeah. This this run has been like it's been really good. And what are they up to? Like twenty six issues. Twenty five. Twenty five. Twenty six. 
25 is a speculator issue. 26 should be out, I think, in a couple of weeks. Okay. I, I know we're getting the second printings of number 25 in, and then the spoiler on it's right on the cover, of course. Yeah. Um, but we won't talk about that here just yet. But um, I think it's a cool direction to go. Um, I like the look of it, of the spoiler. Um, so maybe, you know, we think this is a good time to jump in. Um, yes. Okay. Yeah. So I would say jump in, but start from volume one yeah. of this run because like it all kind of builds up to this. Okay. And it's been so good. Like it's just, it's, it's, it's just been that good. Like it, I would, it's been excellent. And we'll make sure we have it in stock so you can buy it from us. Um, or support your, support your local comic book store, you know, wherever you happen to be listening to this podcast at. Um, well, let's get into, I'll get into my uh, comic then. Um, I picked Once in Future from Boom Studios uh, by Kieran Gillen and Dan Mora. Um, it's a, it goes into like, it, it taps into my, my classic love for the like Vertigo dark fantasy books. Um, basically, it's uh, King Arthur's return, except, you know, England's only for his people and not anyone else. And he's kind of like this evil, like undead uh, character. Um, and it kind of deals in like with the power of stories. It's really, I'm going to sound like a crazy person trying to describe it, but it makes a lot of sense when you read it. Um, but basically like all of these stories are real, but you have to have like people on earth that are kind of cast as different characters. So the story can play out. Um, and the one main character is kind of a reluctant hero. His grandmother was like, a has a mysterious past, but like was very clearly like, a badass monster hunter that dealt with these kinds of things in the past. Um, again, I don't want to get, we don't want to get into it without spoiling too much stuff, but definitely come in and flip through it. And I think it'll be up your alley. Um, the art in it is awesome. Um, I don't know what else Dan Moore has done, but I've definitely paying attention to what they do now. He, he did power Rangers for a while. Yeah. See, I know he's been doing uh, variants for power Rangers right now. Um, he, did, he did the interiors for the, for, for the first little bit, I think. Yeah, I'm not mistaken. His stuff's really cool. The colors are popping, especially greens. They use a lot of greens in it. Um, yeah, it's really good. I I don't want to describe it too much, but it's definitely like dark fantasy, um, like dark mis mystical kind of fantasy. If if that's your jam. But I was kind of doing what you did, Wes. Where I was like, what books do like I get when I get books? Like, what's the top of the pile like that I want to read first? And this was one of them. Um, it was between this and Fantastic Four, so I guess I'll give that a small honorable mention. Um, but that one gets held back because Marvel keeps interrupting it with events, and it's always really frustrating when that happens. Yeah, we all hate events. Oh, God, I'm so sick of them. <laughs> anyway. Especially Exosword. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's why no one picked Exoswords or an X-Men book uh, this year. Um, let's move on to one of the, the next category, which is one of the, you know, the other big pillars of what the, we sell at the store. Uh, and this is like our collectibles. Um, so Greg, why don't you tell us about your favorite collectible of the year? Uh, the ones, the one I like the most this year, uh, they're called Pixel Frames. Um, you've probably seen them at, at uh, conventions if you've been to conventions. They're, it's not a new thing, but this company, um, I'm, I think it's actually called Pixel Frame. I'm, I'm not 100% sure. They do a really good job. It's basically it's a shadow box of like uh, video game characters in their, in their world. So it's like kind of like shadow box 3D. Uh, pop out type of thing it's it's really neat um they've done castlevania they've done Mega Man. they've done um uh, a bunch of sonic streets of rage bunch, yeah ultra b sonics um street fighter and they're doing there's, there's another bunch that just they just announced i forget 
which ones they are. But like, again, it's nothing new, but they, their presentation of it, it's really nice. Um, very good price point. Like the smaller ones are, what, $12.99? Are they, yeah, Sky? I forget. Like they're they're $12.99. And then the big ones, I think, are like 25 which they're nice. I like the big ones. Yeah, they're 9 by 4 yeah. Yeah, 9 by 9 Yeah. It's, it's a cool little... It's a cool little collectible for like that video game lover who, you know, was always, there's not a lot of merch sometimes for some video games um, besides like plushies or like a high-end statue. So it's a nice little like mid-range, like low-range type of thing. Yeah, like you never see stuff for like Altered Beast or Streets of Rage, but they have these things. They have a lot of Genesis ones. Um, they don't have the license to do like Nintendo Nintendo ones yet. So like there's no Mario or Zelda. I think what, once I start getting them, though, I'm going to end up getting a bunch of them, and they're going to be in my game room. But I think it's, it's going to take, like, a link to the past or something for me to, like, get that first one. And then once I do that, it's going to be, like, yeah. it's, oh, it's all she wrote. Now, they yeah, look... Well, we have a Mega Man X one. I can see it. It's right over yeah. there. Uh, they look they look neat when you see the, a photo of them, but, like, come into the store and look at them. They look really cool in yeah. person. Yeah, they're really popular. A lot of people really like them. This, I think the Sonic one is probably our most popular. Oh, really so, it's funny. Like even like the like I try. I think Sonic I can because like people are just dying for Sonic. Anything. Oh, people it's are just, starved for Sonic. Yeah. Oh yeah. I would say. But you know, they're 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 really neat looking. Like I really dig them. They look nice on a wall. Yeah, yeah. they're they're really yeah. nice display pieces. Like I said, put them with your like retro game collection. It's gonna make it pop. Yeah, I remember seeing them last year at New York Comic Con. I thought they were really cool. And then we got them in the store and I was like super excited. They're yeah. really cool. Yeah, they're a new thing for us this year in the store. I'm really glad we're, we're A, we got them and B, that they they found like an audience like they are selling very well. I mean, we're pretty picked over right now, but as of this recording, Christmas was two days ago. So it's been a lot of, uh, we've been selling a lot of the cool things that we've got. But we'll, we'll get them back in stock. These will be things we carry for a while. Um. Yeah, so they're they're really cool. I mean, again, this is an audio podcast, so it's not going to sound exciting. But like, three D three D screenshots from video games are much cooler than uh, they have any right to be. I think. Yeah, you can go to our website, check them out, um, level up at shop, level up. So yeah, check out those videos. We're just pixel frames yeah, anywhere. Pixel frames, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, let's move on to something a little a little different for us. Uh, Joey, why don't you tell us a bit about your collectible? All right, so. I teetered on like two things. Uh, the one I, I chose is different, but the one I didn't choose was a, a Hasbro uh, Marvel's Legends uh, retro Kingpin toy. Cause I absolutely positively loved the Kingpin toy from like the animated series, like the Spider-Man back in the, back in the day. So they made one that's sort of like that. And I just, I love it, but I went with, uh, I went with a weird one for me. I don't really collect pop figures. I have a few of different things like Pee Wee and stuff that I really like, but I have a weird collection when it comes to glassware and mostly uh, fast food restaurants, but they came out with, for perfect for an audio podcast, pops <laughs> of the McDonald's <laughs> characters. So they have a bunch of them. Uh, they have, you know, uh, I have, you know, I have, Officer Mac here and Mayor McCheese and <laughs> Ronald. <laughs> I got them all. The Hamburglar, Grimace. Uh, I, I, I saw them. For some reason, I just like, I really, really like them. They made like toys like these. Um, 
I forget, early 2000s, they had a few of like the McDonald Land uh, remakes. And I found them out in the wild. And then I saw these uh, shortly before uh, lockdown or right around lockdown. And I was like, I have no need for pops, but I need these pops, which is, I think is the perfect sign of a collectible. Like I have no need for them, but I must collect them all. And actually this morning I was looking, uh, they have the fries, the fry guys, they have birdie, uh, they have the chicken nuggets and one that's just like a cowboy and playing like a bunch of playing music. So I'm like, this is, this is how it happens. You end up I was actually going to ask about the chicken nuggets. Do you think they're going to just do them in the mini pop size or are they like the full pop? I think they're the full pop. But oh my god! Pop, pop's weird with that. They they've had times where Funko's had times where they missed the boat on like big creatures they could have or big people they could have. Like yeah, Andre the Giant, he was normal size. You can have him big because he's Andre the Giant. We'll say the Iron Giant. They've done a couple of them, and he's just the regular four inch pop. Yeah, it's like make make them that way. You'll sell them, but but these weird ad icons of just McDonald's stuff. I. You know, I think it's a it's a uh, it's a touchback to like my childhood because McDonald's was one of those places as a kid you go after you get a good report card. It was like a treat, so like I have that connection. I remember the commercials and the you know you had the chicken McNuggets and the toys and the little birdies and and these things. I'm just like I have to have them. And plus, I collect weird glassware with characters on them from McDonald's and Burger well, King. It's, it's funny, too, because well, one thing I'm going to ask, did you ever go to uh, the McDonald Land? That was, like, Berlin? No. Area? Like, it was, wait, like, a big, wait. giant, like, it was, like, big, giant indoor play, like, it was McDonald's, but it was, like, big, giant indoor play area also. It's called McDonald Land. I was, might have as a child. I don't remember, because my, my, yeah, my, my family's from that area, so. Okay. Because it was, it was and it, I, used to, I remember I had a couple birthday parties there, but it was, I always thought that was cool, because I always thought it was just so neat going, it was inside, indoors, the whole thing, like, and just, like, cover, like, ginormous play area inside. Like, not just, like, the ball pit, but it was, just, like, all the rides and all the things you would see. Wow. But also, too, it's kind of funny because I do um, – I collect weird glassware, too. So I have, like, the Muppets ones, right. the Roadrunner and Kite mm-hmm. – uh, Roadrunner and Wiley Cakes are my two favorite cartoon characters. I do have some of the – like, the um, either Garfield ones. So nice. I, I – whenever I see something like that, I, like, I think of you, but I'm also, like, I need this for myself. Oh, yeah. Well. I, I love glassware. Yeah, the weirdest ones I have are, like – I never realized, like I knew McDonald's had it because my mom worked at McDonald's. So I like when she was younger. So I've had glassware from when she was, you know, working there. Uh, but Burger King of all things had like characters. And I was like, what is this? Other than just the King himself. So I, I've collected a bunch. So I use them. Nice. I don't, I'm not like put them I in know, the cabinet. I know Burger King had the kids club kids. Cause I remember I used to collect like books of collectibles. You can yeah. get from them. Most of my collection is weird, but that's oh, not. Man. Now I'm making. I want a burger so bad right now. Now that I saw like Mayor <laughs> McCheese and stuff, and you put him to the camera. Like I remember, <laughs> like talking about McDonald Land. I remember going to like McDonald's and having birthday parties where they had the ball pits, but also like you climbed into the Officer Max head, and it was yep. like a little prison thing. Oh like, yeah, I remember prison. that. Yeah, yeah, loved yeah. it. Yeah, like so that it connects. I mean, that's what a collector does. It remembers okay. things of your childhood, and they put these things out. I have no need for pops. They sit underneath the TV in my living room. Yeah. But like, I needed Mayor McCheese. So John, this is probably sound, we sound like crazy people. McDonald's <laughs> used to be a big deal, like back in the eighties um, as like a destination. Now it's just like garbage that you do. So you don't yeah. feel hungry anymore. Yeah. 
I mean, oh, even when I was a kid, McDonald's was like the place like you'd go and like you just like play in the play pit there. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't think it was as cool as you guys had it though. I, I've seen pictures um, of McDonald's used to have like the N64 hooked up and like I oh, guess yeah. the mini. Yeah. Um, so that looks, looks kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I definitely didn't have the experience that you guys had at like any fast food restaurants. But uh, I, I could understand like the the joy that that kind of nostalgia would bring. Uh, I always thought Burger King had better ha- like I guess you can call them like, Happy Meal toys, but like they're they're like their kids' toys. Um, yeah. One of my like greatest Burger King experiences was I think back when like Revenge of the Sith was coming out, uh, Burger King did like these watches and like these tin cans. Um, and I remember like I I wanted to collect all of those. Like they were like so cool. It was like every every episode, every movie had like a different watch. And you'd get uh, like a Jedi and a Sith on like the back of them, mm-hmm. uh, and they were they were really cool. Yeah, I mean, I I can talk about Burger King toys. Is I tried to get all the Pokemon ones when that was a thing, and I ended up getting so many Mewtwo's. Um, Didn't but, McDonald's start the whole Beanie Baby craze? No, I think Beanie Babies was already a thing, but I know they were giving them away like in their Happy Meals and stuff. All right, we'll, like, we'll yeah, do one point, I forget who was doing that. We'll, we'll do an episode on uh, like. <laughs> fast food value meal toys and we'll actually do some research ahead of time so we know what we're talking about um because i i think we're i think this is going to be an untapped well of potential now that we're having this discussion i think so. i think funko should do a collaboration with mcdonald's to make like little happy meal toys or something like that I'm sh- i'd be shocked if there hasn't been like and make those little robot like the french fries yeah. that turned into the robots and then they have <laughs> Oh. oh yeah, the Transformers. I had a bunch oh. of those. Oh yeah, we'll we'll do act nostalgic about that. This is bad. After this yeah. podcast, I'll be looking on eBay for all the. Yeah. <laughs> no, After I'm this, so I might go to McDonald's and get a. I'm feeling My like favorite. a really greasy burger right now. Um, but John, tell us about your uh, best collectible of the year. Um, this year, like most years, I've picked was a, a Star Wars lightsaber. So the um the FX lightsabers that Hasbro makes, uh, they're really really cool really detailed and, and they're perfect for like the ultimate uh star wars lightsaber collector um as, as a kid i used to collect them and throughout the years i've been collecting them and I, I funny enough i actually had this one this one here uh so this is it um it doesn't have the the actual saber in it right now i have that in my closet but um it's really really nice this is definitely the most expensive uh, most expensive one i've bought but it is the nicest one I bought. It's the only one that I've found that, that changes colors. Uh, so they usually only come like in one color, like Luke's uh, Return of the Jedi Saber is only green. Uh, Obi-Wan's is only blue. This one, uh, since it's Darth Revan, uh, it changes from purple to red, which is really, really cool. I mean, that's a big part of the game is you build your lightsaber as you go and you customize it. So you can keep changing yeah. the colors, yeah. you know, to different things. Yeah, it's really, it's really cool, especially if you're like a big Knights of the Republic uh you know, I went to the Old Republic fan or something like that. Like, if, if you like Darth Revan, it's really cool. Or if you're just a Star Wars fan in general, it's, it's, oh, it's awesome. Oh, yeah. Knights of the Old Republic 1 is my most favorite Star Wars game. And it's the only... I think it had the biggest twist in Star Wars for me. Because going into Empire, I already knew that Darth Vader was Luke's father. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't really know the twist in Knights of the Old Republic, which I don't know. Do we want to spoil a 20 year I, I agree. It was, yeah. it was, it was major. <laughs> Yeah. major but definitely like cemented revan as like a really cool character that i i cared about it's one of the few times i played a game and then i immediately played it again afterwards because okay. i wanted to see how your decision like if i went down the 
the dark side path this time, how it will change things. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really cool. It's really cool that they're doing, they, they so rarely do stuff with the Knights of the Old Republic characters. Like I think it was a year yeah. or two ago in the Black series, like they had a short pack Revan and it became like the most popular one of, of that like era. Um, we sold out. Yeah, they, it was impossible to get back yeah. in. It was really expensive. I I know that they're. I, I know nothing's confirmed right now, but they're like talking about another trilogy being like, like Knights of the Old Republic based uh, Star Wars trilogy, or at least TV shows or something like that. They've been talking about um, that for a long time. So like, I mean, yeah. was, was it one of the forty TV shows that Disney announced the other day? <laughs> <laughs> I, I have no idea honestly i can't keep track anymore of what so Frank, you, gotta, you gotta do the high republic stuff now too that's their new that's their new baby that's high republic. Republic it's gonna come out in uh yeah in in january what yeah. is the high republic is it just like in colorado like <laughs> <laughs> um i have no idea honestly i couldn't explain it's, it but i know it's supposed to take place before um it's early on yeah yeah it's it's way before like the the fall of the jedi or something like that it's, like it's way before like episode one and that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's best. it's before that. I think um, it's it's after the old republic though. Does so somewhere in between? Um, I mean, the the old republic was yeah, like thousands of years ago. So, yeah, yeah. Like I said, I'm not I'm not really sure, but you know, hopefully within like the first or second issue, we'll get some like backstory or whatever. Okay. Explain it. All right, so we'll move on but to yeah, the I mean, yeah. Say that was cool. You say I I think it's cool. Um, I probably would keep it in purple mode just because the purple but, looks nice. It does look I nice. Can imagine, but it's cool. That, it's cool that you have the option for color. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, I said that was a mechanic in the game. But uh, speaking of games, uh, Wes, why don't you tell us about your collectible? Um, I picked. Actually, I think I picked the same thing last year, but now I picked the newer version. I picked the arcade one up, the Marvel superheroes one. You might have um, picked like a different Marvel versus Capcom or something one last year. I don't know. Yeah. You know what? It's it's. I grew up, you know, the age of the arcade, and and I I'm I miss the arcade feel. I miss putting my quarter up, you know, waiting in my place in line. Uh, so when they announced the Marvel superheroes with the special edition with the light up marquee and the special joystick and the upgraded buttons, I you know I was all about it. Um, it, it you know if this one has Marvel superheroes, it comes with. Uh, X-Men Shores and the Atom, and then it comes with the, the Punisher, which was a side-scroller final fight type of game where you played as either, you know, Punisher or Nick Fury. Um, yeah, so like Joe said earlier, you know, this is why we collect stuff because it, it, it triggers those those fond memories. And, you know, this, yeah, we have Star Arcade and I'm so glad they're there because it, it, you know, brings me back to when arcades were popular. Um, but, you know, for people who can't get to an arcade or doesn't have a star arcade in their neighborhood you know this arcade one up cabinets are the next best thing and you can bring them home you don't need to have a roll of quarters there you go <laughs> um yeah that one's really cool that, the punisher is such a random inclusion in that um because it's you know the other two are fighting games and like that's how the, it's laid out the buttons but it's cool that you know you got a third game in it because they've released they have released ones where it's just two or one game and you're just kind of done yeah. Um, now you played the. There was a gigantic one at New York Comic Con last year, right? You played that there. Yes. Yes, with yeah, the giant sized buttons and yeah. <laughs> it was a. I yeah. Uh, I saw Harry there. Um, yeah. And we were kind of just like you know both oogling over this ginormous machine. 
where it took two hands to like, you know, push the button. Um, yeah. It was, yeah, it was, that was, that was a very cool commodity that they had there. Yeah. Say, so, I, I think Harry also picked up one of these. There's a new Marvel superheroes is like a, a big touchstone game for him too. Um, but speaking of arcades and Harry specifically, uh, I chose for my collectible, I picked the Stern's new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles pinball game. It's kind of a, a little bit of a high-end collectible. Um, I played it at, uh, the, so the pinball gallery in Malvern got one earlier this year while, you know, uh, so they, it was just before the 4th of July. So our buddy Kendall lives out that way. And I was like, you know, we're both off. Like we both want to play this game. This was the first time we'd been seeing each other since, you know, lockdown and stuff happened. So we, I went to his house and then we went over there because um, we were just like, yeah, let's test out the Ninja Turtles game. But unbeknownst to us, uh, our good friend Harry and his girlfriend were there uh, also to do the same thing. So we played a bunch of the, full, the four player modes in it because the game is so full featured. Um, it's so much fun. It's everything I want, wanted from a Ninja Turtles game. It's based on the old, the 80s cartoon. Um, so you can do like four player cooperative, four player competitive, 2v2, 3v1. Um, your character turtles have different uh, skills. So like they have like different kinds of shots that they're better at and you can get experience and like level them up and, you know, make them better more interesting. Um, but like all of the little modes are based, like are presented as like episodes of the show. So when they start to have a little title card splash screen, they apparently just updated the code. Now it uses actual footage from the show instead of just like their CGI models. Um, it's another Ninja Yeti designed one, like for the art. So it looks really cool. Uh, it's got a little party wagon. Uh, that's, you know, where it starts your multi-ball and stuff like toy in it. Um, it's got a glider in it. Um, it's really cool. The, the topper is like the scene from the opening where like the Technodrome comes up and the turtles are like, are in the foreground and it's kind of low angle. Um, it's a really cool machine. I really, it's really fun to play. Um, a simple thing in it is, you know, as someone who now, op, you know, uh, we now have games on location and you sometimes need to change stuff. You can access all the tournament modes and stuff just right from without opening it up. You can do it all from the buttons on the machine. Um, instead of having to dig through the code and change things. Um, it's really cool. Uh, it's really striking and it's a lot of fun. I don't know if any of you guys had a chance to play it yet. What are the chances of us getting it uh, in the store? For those who don't know, we do have pinball machines in the store. Yeah, um, I know it's since we played it, it shot up to the top of the list of ones to get because I don't think anything that's like hasn't come out yet sort of beat it. Or, you it's, know, it's highly likely. Out. It's highly likely, yes. Highly we'll, likely. we'll leave it at that. I don't want to so say definite. <laughs> Was that? No, Batman 66 is still really expensive. Okay. On that one. Yeah, that's Jersey that Jack, right? Batman sixty six. No, I think that's Stern. It's still Stern, okay. That was oh, that was an early like comeback Stern one, um, but like the code's not even done on that one yet, and it's been like eight years. Like Adam West was still alive because he recorded new stuff for it, so it's been a while. Um, I think he died in like two thousand sixteen. Because uh, I have a poster for ACBC, and that says twenty fifteen, and that's when I met him uh, on the wall in front of me. <laughs> but um. But no, yeah, the Turtles game is really good. When they announce a Ninja Turtles game, it's like, hey, you know, it could be a one of a go a couple of different ways. It could, you know, be, but it's like everything I wanted it to be. Um, there's like all kinds of like boss modes and like team up characters. And each turtle you play as has like a different team up character. So like Splinter shows up to help Leonardo, uh, Casey Jones for Raphael, 
metalhead for Donatello and then one of the neutrinos for Michelangelo. Um, no, it, it's, it's fun. If you guys get a chance to play it, I, I recommend playing it uh, wherever, you know, you happen to find it. Turtles seem to have a good year. I know uh, toy wise, I know NECA has been putting out the turtles and time toys and stuff like that. And they're incredible looking. I wanted uh, to carry them, but they're so expensive. Yeah. It's like, it's like yeah. that's way too high for like a, a, a figure. Yeah. It's, it's like a special market of people that would buy them, but they're, they're, they're incredible. Yeah. Yeah. No, they are amazing. Um, that are really cool. Though. I would say we just got the, I think they're called Ninja Elite uh, line where they're based on the original comics. So they're all in the red and stuff. They came out a little too late. Um, them and the one eight scale PVC statues for them too. Like they might have picked my uh, collectible of the year, <laughs> but I guess either way, I was going to have a Ninja Turtles uh, selection here. <laughs> Um, but I think this is a good place to, to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back with our favorite uh, TV show movies, and then uh, we'll get into best surprises. Created by husband and wife team Kendall and Kayla, Star Savior Bunny combines Sailor Moon-esque superheroics with the challenges of early adulthood. Read for free at tapas.io and check out their Instagram, at Star Savior Bunny, for new updates and projects. Thank you for listening to our podcast, but have you checked out our store yet? We sell all kinds of nerdy products from comics and graphic novels to retro video games, model kits, toys and statues, and more. Visit us at levelupentertainment.com and as a special exploratory promotion, the first 20 people to use the code FRIENDSCAST at checkout will receive 10% off their first purchase. If this is successful, we will do more podcast-exclusive promotions in the future. That's levelupentertainment.com and code FRIENDSCAST. F-R-I-E-N-D-S-C-A-S-T. All right, and we're back. Um, Greg, let's uh, talk about your favorite TV show this year. Well, it's my TV show is probably not too surprising. I mean, maybe if you know me, it might be surprising, but um, it's one of the shows that have really made the rounds this year. Um, the Queen's Gambit, um, such a great show. Like, I I I started watching because, long story short, kind of like talking about nostalgia. My grandfather, when I was younger, we used to go into the Sunday paper and play the chess game it's on there should had like a an old chess match with like two like chess players and we would play that game and he would explain to me like you know how to move like why that move was good or like why that the defensive play was good or whatever whatever you want to say so I was like oh this sounds interesting but I never really thought how engrossing a show about I mean it's more about it's more than just chess but how it, it just the, the, the characters drew you in the 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 show never talked down to you. Even if you didn't know what, how to play chess, you kind of got to feel for chess, even if you have no idea how to play the game or the moves or the, the psychology of the game itself. Like, and how big it actually was in the, like, the 40s, 50s, 60s. I mean, it's still fairly big now, but like in, the, in that time, because I think the show takes place in the uh, 60s, 70s. I forget exactly. Um, but it was I haven't huge. Seen like, it, so I'm not sure. Um, but it's... The characters draw you in. There's not a bad character in the bunch. You, all, all the characters are, you know, 
there's no character that's like that's like so goody goody that's like you're like ugh. like the, all characters all these characters have flaws and they're and they're just like real fleshed out people um the, the cinematography was great um and just the, the show was just the just it was just funny for like i said a show about chess being so engrossing for that that hour it was or 45 minutes or whatever it was but like it just like i was like the show, i was like the episode's done wow i can't believe the episode's done already it just just flew by i mean literally there's like the, the action in the show is more or less them playing chess when when they do play the chess but it's, it's character driven um and I just thought it was just an excellent show for something that was, it could have been one of my best surprises too. Cause I said, it's just, it's who would have thought like a show about chess would have been so engaging and how many people really seem to enjoy this show. Yeah, I mean, people, it has its plot. Yeah. So people really so took off on it. Um, one of the main things we've been asked for this year was chess games. And I think it's because of Queen's Gambit. No, it, it has. I was actually reading like, like I was the, the, the um I think on Amazon like they or I forget exactly where but like they said like how much percentage over like people have been searching for chess or like it was Google I forget exactly or like the Google search for chess boards or chess but um it's it's crazy like how like I said like chess is not a game that you kind of just pick up and, well you pick up and play but there's so much more to it um well, it's one of those things like easy, easy to learn tough to master you know yeah like it's it's one of the, so I I kind of I mean chess is way more it's way more um in depth but, like i kind of like it to othello where it's like yeah it's you just flip over you know you put them you flip the colors over but there's way more till you you Othello's another game where you plan ahead like you try to force your opponent to a move that you're thinking about doing because you want to because that's works well for you that's kind of like you know chess is kind of like in, in a quick synopsis like you, that's what you're doing you're not playing you're playing to force your opponent to make the bad move and that's kind of like it just, but it's like I said, it's just it's crazy to think that show about chess is like there's so much hype behind it and was a hype behind it, should I say? Yeah, it I really, really enjoy it. And there, there are some like a lot of yeah, there there are a lot of but there's there's some minor like character things like um, that you can you know you can nitpick about and there's some like and they're not I can't say nitpick but they're they're definitely critiques and you know I don't I I, I get why people said it um, but. But overall, though, I thought it was a fantastic show, and I would recommend watching it. Like the ten episodes it is, or whatever eight episodes it, it flew by. Yeah, it sounds like it's up my alley. It's something I've been, I've been meaning to watch. It's just having it. Ironically, I haven't really had time. I've just been real busy this holiday season, and I feel like it's something I kind of need to be in the mood for. Like I can't just pop it on. Yeah, I, I think once you start watching it, you'll just watch it. You know, you might even binge it, but like, yeah, it's one of those things where you really have to be in the mindset to watch the first episode. Just feel like. And kind of get engrossed by it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's cool. Let's check that out. Uh, Joe, you kind of have an interesting pick for us. Yeah. Um, well, so I watched like, again, I watched a lot of sports and, and the Food Network. So I didn't want to pick anything like that because I watched baseball. I listened to baseball, but it wasn't like the best this year. It was good. It wasn't the best. But um, Katie and I, uh, you know, with all the pandemic going and all the crazy, you just wanted something that you could watch that felt good. You can just get distracted from the world, but also like enjoy. And uh, I went with the Great British Bake Off. Why with that? Well, it's it's a cooking show, but it's like, it's so different than like American cooking shows. 
like I don't it, there's just a difference it's just the way they presented the jokes the humor you know uh I just love they're not just, mean it's just like everything you can like I don't know why but like I feel like America can show the show like the cupcake wars like every cupcake looks like a cupcake or like the British baking off it's like well they had to make these tarts and well, that actually looks like a tart. That looks like a giant mess. And that looks like a ham sandwich. Like you can tell the difference. I just, it just, the way it was presented, they did it this season. Uh, it was delayed because of COVID, obviously. Uh, they were in self-isolation, uh, didn't go anywhere. They were stuck there. Uh, it's just, it's just everything about it was so lighthearted. And it's like, you know, 50 minute episodes and you, you, look forward to them at the end of every week because it was on on Fridays and like on Netflix so it was like every week we could sit down and be like hey you want to watch the baking uh show and we'll sit there and watch it and then while you're watching that we fall back on all the other ones because it was just such a for an hour all I thought about was looking at baked goods who didn't want to look at baked goods and not think about you know the fact that couldn't really go anywhere and get baked goods because the world was such a crazy place, but it just felt so just, it just was what we needed and I needed during all this pandemic to kind of just have something good to watch TV, something quote unquote wholesome, but like just funny and, and cute and charming and, and just perfect for the season that we're in with, you know, the pandemic and everything. It just was, I, I, I can't recommend watching it enough. You might be listening and go, why would I want to watch a baking show? Just watch it. You end up getting hooked. You end up getting hooked. It just, the way the Paul Hollywood is and Prue, uh, Prue, it was funny. We were watching the, the holiday one and Prue's like 80 years old, but you would have no idea by her outfits and her, her like crazy, you know, colors that she wears. And then with like no fielding and all that kind of stuff, it's just, it's subtle humor, but it's not subtle British humor. So it's not like you're watching uh, like a Mighty Python or anything like that, where you have to kind of be into it, like British humor to get it. It's just little jokes. It's funny. It's a cooking show. If you like watching Chopped, if you like watching Top Chef, if you like any of those kind of shows, this is a thing you'll really enjoy. Cool. I mean, great's right in the title. So yeah, it's, it's great. Um, I, I haven't watched it. I don't know. Maybe I will now. It's, it's, not, it's, it's, it's I, worth it. Because yeah. my original instinct's like, oh, it's just a cooking show. I've seen those. Unless it's the Japanese Iron Chef, it doesn't do anything for me. But I'll, I'll give this one a shot. They're great. Well, they're they're not they're not professional chefs. That's the thing. They're not like they're just people who cook at home and like enjoy making pastries and making bread. They're not like he owns a restaurant and sells this and this it's like they're he's a lawyer he's a school teacher and he just likes baking stuff and you see the stuff they make and it's it's like wow it just makes it real like unlike a lot of like the cooking or baking shows in america where it's like the cupcake wars it's like i own a bakery and we make cupcakes for half the city it's like no this this guy just you know his daughter put him up to being on the show and you know because of the tarts that he makes so it's just it's just it's really really good i recommend it highly okay um we'll move on then and uh john you're the only person that picked a movie this year yeah, I mean, yeah to I be fair been... there was not a lot of competition from the movie department uh, no there wasn't um but 
uh, the I picked the movie is because that my show would have been Seinfeld, but I felt that was a little too uh, too outdated now. I would have booed you off the show. Uh, I, I would have defended you, Sean. I would have muted Greg, and we would have talked about it. Uh, I, I love Seinfeld. We yeah. got about Seinfeld today at at uh, uh, at work. Yeah. But, That's uh, funny. Yeah. Yeah. So, but um, no, Tenet was really good. I I really like Christopher Nolan movies. Uh, I think he's a great director. Um, I really liked Inception the first time I saw that uh, in high school, and uh, and Tenet's really good. It's it's confusing, uh, and I could definitely understand why people don't uh, like it if they don't like it. But um, I thought it was really good. Uh, it's one of those movies that's like you watch it up to a certain extent, and then once you get to like the middle of the movie, you're like, oh wait, that makes sense. The the thing that I saw like you know 20 minutes ago, whatever. Now that all makes sense. Um, it's hard to explain, uh, but if you do get a chance to watch it when it comes to DVD or Blu-ray or whenever uh, that happens, I would definitely give it a shot. Uh, it's an interesting story, uh, and the, the the cast I thought was an interesting cast. I mean, it's uh, Robert Pattinson's in it. Um, I forgot his name, but it's Denzel Washington's son, uh, who's a really good actor. Uh, he was in uh, Black Klansman, I think, too, um, and th- there's a couple other uh just interesting cash choices, but they, they're all really good. Um, and the movie is really entertaining from beginning to end. Uh, it's, it's action packed and the, and the story is pretty compelling too. It's a, it's a good story. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I know it was like Hollywood's pinning its hopes on this being a success. And I think it yeah. underperformed because Christopher Nolan yeah. ma- made it have to go to the theaters and people were encouraged to not yeah. go to the theaters yeah, it was one of those things that, like me and my friends were just like well what do you want to do uh go see a movie what movie uh tenant i guess because it was the only thing playing yeah um but i i going into the movie i had no idea what it was going to be about but i ended up really really liking it uh which is awesome yeah i, th- I think the marketing didn't do it any favors because up until like it, we, yeah. i read a review i was like i don't even know what this is other than it's a movie with christopher nolan yeah, I mean, it's sort of like how Inception was too. Like, you know, you watch the trailer, you have no clue yeah. what this movie's about. Like, yeah. even even while watching Inception, you really don't know what's going on until maybe the end. And that's yeah. kind of kind of is uh one one of the coolest things that I think uh about Tenet is actually its title. Um, without spoiling the movie or or giving away like any uh cool bits and pieces, the 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 name Tenet is so it's T E N, which is ten. And then net is net. Um, it's it's hard to explain that without spoiling it, but um, just the way the movie goes, the title works really well with how the movie works. Again, it's it's, it's hard to explain without. Well, and, and I know the title it. is also a palindrome, so it's the same forwards as it is backwards. Yeah, yeah. yeah I know that goes in with the movie as yeah, well. That's kind of what I was trying to explain, but yes, yeah. yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. Like, I think that's pretty pretty genius, but. Um, yeah, if if you like Christopher Nolan movies, you're you're gonna like this one. Um, if you yeah, don't, I really want to see it. And I, I I don't know if you would like it. If if you have a hard time watching like movies that are like you have, you really have to like focus in on, it might not be for you. But if if you like a good story that is a little, you know, hard to to wrap your mind around, then you might like it. Okay, uh, Wes, why don't you tell us about your TV show you chose? Um, I picked Cobra Kai. Okay. Uh, you know, I know it was it was on YouTube uh like what a year or two ago, 
Um, but then it, Netflix got it, and then everybody was raving about it. Because so, well, people you know, would actually people actually watch Netflix. Exactly. No one buys YouTube license or whatever it is. <laughs> hey, let's, let's, uh, let's sit down and watch this Cobra Kai, because everybody keeps saying how good it is. And I got hooked immediately. Um, you know, I, I have memories of watching The Karate Kid in the movie theater. Um, so, and a lot of it is the flashbacks. So, you know, me and my wife are like, oh, you remember this? Oh, this is when this happened. And, oh, that's cool. He's still using this and referring to that. Um, so we can actually relate to the movie, uh, which, and the story was, was great. Um, it continued the story. If you've ever seen The Karate Kid, um, it, you know, I showed it to my kids and I, they liked it. Um, they hooked on Cobra Kai. It was just, I was surprised. It was very well done. Very well done. It continues the story of the two main characters in the movie, um, you know, with with their kids, and it's like the new, the next generation. But uh, it, it, yes, Cobra Kai was was it for me this year. Yeah, I, I started. One of the shows I really want to catch. Yeah, I started watching it, and uh, I think it's not for me. Not, I don't want to say it's bad. I just don't think it's. I don't think it's my jam. But I started watching because like you and like everyone else was like, wow, it's really it's really good. I remember I really dismiss it uh, when it was on YouTube because also I, I'd have to start paying YouTube, which right. I'm not going to do. But I was just like, oh, it sounds so pathetic. Like these old men are still defined by something that happened when they were like 16. But apparently it's not really that. And I don't know. I, I was like, said, I liked Karate Kid when I was a kid, but I haven't really thought about it since I was like seven. Uh, so it was just, I guess maybe it's just one of those things like, cause I, I don't know. Something about Cobra Kai is not catching me. Uh, maybe there's like some sort of twist later in the season where it's like, Oh, okay. Cause that happened with game of Thrones. Um, when Ned Stark's head came off, like that's when the show turned around for me and it got really interesting. Um, so I'm kind of waiting for maybe that to happen, but so far it hasn't happened for me in the first season. Uh, okay. But I'll, well, I'll at least give it the first season. Like I'm not, hating it i just i just don't think it might it might just not be my thing which is fine which is uh, which which it could be um i, I, mean, I know season i know three my show is kind of a hard sell uh yeah season three starts uh in january uh sometime in january and i mean i see you know we have uh, a comic now based on cobra kai so the popularity is is definitely there it was it was good is i mean that- yeah it, it, it's cool for people that are into it like you know i i just like i was never into karate kid like that yeah, it's Ralph on my Rancho list. It looks like he hasn't aged a day. No. Um, but yeah, I guess with that, I'll, I'll move into to my pick. Uh, and I almost forgot that this uh, came out in 2020 because it came out like the very first week in January. Um, but I went with uh, BoJack Horseman season six. Um, as I discussed in our queer representation episode, BoJack Horseman is a very important show to me, not just because it's like a really great and funny show, but it helped me like learn things about myself. Um, and it's one of the few times I think with a season or series finale where like, I think they really nailed the ending um, because it was always a really good show. But like once we knew this was going to be the last season, I was like, I kind of curious to see where they're, they're going to end it. Because the show has been sort of meta with its messages about, because it talks a lot about TV and how it's not life and how like on, on TV shows, you expect like, you know, stories to end and there to be closure, but like, that's not how life is, um, you know, because earlier in the this, this series, like, you know, his, his mother died just like unexpectedly. Like, and as a viewer, they just cut like she's alive and 
one episode and then the next is her funeral um because it's just that's just kind of how things happen sometimes um but like you know the whole series is like bojack's sort of trying to be a better person you really get why he is you really want to hope for him he backslides and like it seemed like the, the way that the season was was like he was finally got his life together even though they were definitely showing that like things horrible things he's done in the past will catch up to him um but like the penultimate episode the view from halfway down their their penultimate episodes every season are usually like amazing pieces of television and this one specifically, I was like, oh, I was like blown away by. Um, if you go on our website and look at it, like there's the picture I chose from it's sort of a screenshot from that last moment of that. Um, but really great character show. And this was a really fitting send off to it. Um, it's one of those things I, I, we were, I think John and I were talking about Game of Thrones earlier t- today at the store. And like how the ending of that like poisons the good parts of it for me. That like, I don't even recommend you watch the show. Um, this is one where, like, I think the show is enhanced at, on, a, on a repeat viewing because of the ending. Like, even going where it goes, it makes like their triumphs and their their follies like kind of a little bit more poignant. Um, again, I don't want to spoil it too much, but if you guys haven't watched it, you definitely should. A big problem with BoJack when you first start watching it is the first six episodes are kind of intentionally not what the show is going to be like. And I know that definitely, like, they got really blasted in reviews when it first came out. Um, so, like, it, it took a little while for it to find its footing, but it's a really good show. And I, I think because its ending is so good, I kind of had to pick it at, as my show of the year. Plus, there's all kinds of animal puns. It's amazing. It's one of the things I never wanted to, like, really... Watch. Like, it looked okay, but then I was like, this character... I don't like him. Like, why am I going to watch a show You're about kind of, Yeah, you don't like him. Like, like I said, that's what I mean. It's like kind of a hard sell. Like, well, I, I guess not like a strong word. Relate to or like root or whatever, like whatever draws you into a show. Because like, he's, he's kind of, he's kind of a more realistic take on a character like a Morty or a Rick rather from Rick and Morty. And that's why I don't think I like Rick and Morty. I, mean, I, 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 like- I also don't like Rick and Morty, but the trouble is, is like, the difference is like Bojack is framed when he does things that are are bad, he's wrong. Rick is always proven right by the story. And that's what like so basically the, the entire story validates his behavior. Bojack's life is terrible and it's terrible because he is terrible. Gotcha. And that's yeah. like I was just saying, like that's the reason going back a little bit, that's the reason I don't like Seinfeld, because there's not one likable character in that show. They're and all creeps who, who get well, like, who, who, I know it's the, I know it's the base of the show, and I get yeah. that because they're because like I love married children, they're all pretty creepy too. But married children works. Uh, Seinfeld I, is a, they never like. Greg, I, we'll, we'll do a, it. Greg, we'll save it for a Seinfeld episode. Yeah, we can have just, a debate. But yeah, we, we can and we will. Yeah. But that's why I don't like like shows like that where I uh, well, I personally can't connect with somebody in some way, form or fashion. Doesn't they doesn't have to even like the per, like. I mean, I don't know. Sometimes it's fun to laugh at people that are bad. Like I love it's always sunny, and they're terrible people. Like the worst people that ever existed. Fair enough. And no, I find that show pretty amusing. So yeah. So it, so it's it, and it's also it's also a comedy, but it's also gets it gets really heavy. It's a really strong character show. Like I love character driven things, um, whether they're they're dramas or comedies or, or have an element of both. And it's also like Bojack's also extremely silly at the same time too. It's it's one of those things like it totally it shouldn't work, but it does. I really like it. Um, I, I highly recommend giving it a shot. Like I said, it's, it's going to seem really corny and bad in the beginning, and that's kind of intentional. 
And I, I don't necessarily think that was the way to go, but I get why they did what they did. Um, okay. The show, the show is really good. You push through the first couple episodes, and then it gets, and once it reveals itself, it's just, it's just gold from uh, there on out till the very end. That's how I also feel about Mo and I. Have just gotten into Shit's Creek, and like the first two seasons, of, like the show turns season, the last episode of season two. Yeah, first season I, was just so so. Yeah. I watched Stitch Creek twice this year, uh, once for myself, and then I made kind of made my dad watch it, so I watched it with him. Yeah, so like Mo and I were on season three right now, or no, we just started season four. So like, th- like after that first like two seasons, like I like it turned and the show turned and like this show is amazing. Like I get it why people love this show. I'll watch anything with Dan Lee gonna- now. Like I, 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 that's such a good show. And it's Shit's yeah, Creek, like so shit is S C H I T T, so we're not technically saying a bad <laughs> word. Um. <laughs> but yeah, you know, Shit's Creek's a great show too. Um, well, that's another podcast we can do. Oh yeah, I would love to talk about that show. It's also a very uh, good gay positive show. But um, have you yeah, guys? Well, 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 once I'm done, we can, we'll do it. Did you get? Did you meet Patrick yet, uh, Greg? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I lo- just I love a couple Patrick. episodes ago. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So well, let's, let's move into like our favorite surprises of the year, and this can be anything that 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 came up and now that i'm looking at who's on this episode versus all the picks they're mostly all tv related again um but there there are did some of us did pick some other uh, other things if you go to our website uh becca's is the most interesting one um but yeah so we'll start with you greg i'll we're talk about your your biggest surprise of the year well i mean it's weird because like most this year just feels like such a it's a wall. It's a weird year, but like I couldn't really—I th- really think long and hard about this because I really couldn't think of a surprise that you know, besides you know, pandemic. Um, yeah. Well, you, you uh, know, that it's, was a, it's a surprise a, that's know, a positive, a positive surprise, exactly. Yes, yes. So like there was, you know, I, I I had to think of some things like, you know, at, at at first I was thinking about like you know the first thing that came to mind. And it's not a pot. Well, it could be positive how you depending how you look at it. I don't think it is, but like. DC doing what they did with um you know what they're doing now with AT what AT and T's doing with DC and blah 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 they're like no nah, that's too negative I don't want to do that you know um and then I was just thinking I just really couldn't think of anything and then and then and then all of a sudden I saw a commercial for Animaniacs for Hulu and I totally totally forgot <laughs> that they were making rebooting that show I forgot about until it until I saw the, the did you see which was the first yeah, thing that you like, saw? Like, what was the trailer that you saw? Because I can tell you the story about my trailer. That it I was saw. the um, it wasn't the Jurassic Park one. It was the one right. right before that one. I saw the Jurassic Park. The Jurassic one. Park one. I really. It yeah. was amazing. So perfect. You yeah. got a pinky in the brain. And, yes, we have pinky. The, in the, the, and the sh- oh my god, <laughs> it's so good. The, the 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 first the first episode was amazing. Just like a callback to everything Animaniacs did right. Um, I watched some of it, but the, now like don't. Good. Yeah, my, my my only complaint about the show, and it's not a big complaint, but it does get very um, it, it, it gets it's not subtle uh, politicism like you know clearly the people who made the show are very liberal, which is fine, but like the politics seep in a little too much for my liking for a show that was so I can't say irreverent, but they didn't really dive uh, into that in the, no, when it first came out. Animaniacs, a little bit. No, they they were they got into it a lot. People forget how much of it they were because we were kids when it was out. But like Bill Clinton's in it I might all the time. Back and watch it. Yeah, it, it's. Well, more- no, that, that that 
remember that, that one. There, there's like, more political all those stuff in, of, in it of the day than people remember. You just don't remember it because you're a kid and didn't care about it. I'm going to go back and watch it. But that being said, like, I thought it was a little too, too much of it, which is, you know, again, I didn't mind it. Just I felt like it was the same joke over and over again. Yeah. It was the same Donald Trump or whatever joke. Like, okay, I get, I get it. Let's move on to well, Let's move on say, to something different. I, I've seen a couple of the songs in it. I love the one about reboots because they're, you know, obviously talking about yeah, themselves. Yeah, that's fantastic. And at the one. end, they mentioned how yeah, they sold that, out. That's pretty good. Yeah, um, yeah they sold out, yeah. I love the but, one like, where, like, I, uh, was it Yakko eats, like, uh, iPad or something that so gets all the knowledge of the internet. He knows everything, yeah. Yeah, but, like, they, the song they're singing about mentions, like, hey, the show was written in 2018, so here's the things we think might have happened by the time you see it. Um, yeah, it's so good. Uh, that's pretty funny. Um so it's, it's not completely current because they do talk about like Trump and stuff, but like obviously a lot of other things, they, they obviously don't talk about pandemics and things. Um, but I know there's like an anime sequence. Like there's a lot, I I need, I don't have Hulu. I need to pick it up just to watch Animaniacs. Yeah, Mo and I do watch it together. So I've only seen the first two episodes, but yeah, it, is crazy. it just brings a smile to my face. Yeah, it is crazy thinking about how it's a Warner Brothers property, like literally the Warner Brothers um, and it's not on HBO Max. Obviously, this was deal that was signed like years ago. Um, but it seems like a thing that they would bring to that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It seems like something they would want to bring as an exclusive thing because I haven't watched the new Looney Tunes stuff they produced yet. Now that I've it's not them. bad. Like, I've seen some of those. They're okay. Yeah, I want to watch but, them. I'm they, sure they're fine. I mean, the, the, the good thing about the new Looney Tunes is they they don't shy away from the violence of like what the old Looney Tunes were, which I've always hated. That like some of the newer Looney Tunes stuff, like they kind of shied away from the the cartoon violence as yeah, they say but like slaps, it's yeah. there in this yeah so but that's no, not the, my best surprise for this but yeah no Animaniacs <laughs> looks like it's 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 par for the course which is amazing because it's been like what 20 years 20 plus yeah, years. animation's fantastic yeah 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 i i want to check it out i'm glad that it's i'm glad that it came out i'm glad that it's good um it's cool that it's back um yeah but yeah joey what's your uh, best surprise for the year uh, like Craig was saying, it's trying to jump, like figure out, look back and see through the year. I mean, my year, like I don't think of anything from like March, like from January to March. Like I think just 2020 to me is just like lockdown to now. Like I forget about the beginning, yeah. which is a weird way to like think of a year. So like in my mindset, I think of that and like you know, I first thing I thought of was kind of like a Hey, we made it through a baseball season as a baseball guy, which you can hear the podcast of that also about <laughs> talking about baseball. I like, but I was like, no, cause I mean, like they made it, but there was a lot of screw ups. And I mean, there's a lot of screw ups in all sports right now with that kind of protocols and stuff. But for me, it's, it has to be for me personally, as, uh, as I said earlier in the podcast, I generally don't play a ton of games, but there's one game. I always play almost every single day and have for over 4,000 hours. Uh, that's the, uh, they finally started to really push and really talk about and really hint that by the end of the year, so hopefully by the time this podcast drops, the final DLC for The Binding of Isaac will be out. As a person who's played it, and I'm, I've got like three unlocks left to get to get 100%, it's it's the game I play the most. They took a, a, a popular mod called Anti-Birth that was out and integrated it into uh, the actual game itself and has added new levels, new bosses, new enemies, new weapons. 
Um, they've been constantly putting on, on Steam, you see the, a blog post about it showing new things and more or less hinting that it should be coming out, hopefully, knock on wood, at the end of the year. But the fact that they're actually posting stuff about it was a surprise because I mean, they've been talking about adding more DLC for this forever. The game's not new, but it's it's the, the game, game I- It's quite old now. Yeah, like I, I play it all the time. It's my, a joke, it's my like, growing up you would play like Tony Hawk, you'd come home from school, run in Tony Hawk for like a couple runs just to fill time or play Madden and do that and then you'd be done. Isaac's that, Isaac's my cool down game, Isaac's the game I play, or watching baseball, sitting here on the computer or, you know, just I need to get tired, I'll play Isaac. And the fact that there's new DLC to unlock the whole game to give me more hours into it was a huge surprise for me. Cause I mean, That's video cool. games always talk about like video game, oh, the game's coming out. I mean, look, Cuphead was announced years ago and like, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And I'm like, it's never coming. And then it came, so that was good. But like, that's, you know, they've been talking about Isaac forever and it's a game I love. So it was my biggest surprise that they're actually doing it and actually showing stuff. And hopefully by the time this drops, uh, I'll be spending all my nights and days playing the game. Yeah. And I've seen your steam uh, thing. You're not, you're not exaggerating about 4,000 hours. No, I'm at 4,137.1 hours. Yeah. So Joe, out of, out of curiosity, how many hours do you have in uh, Wizards and Warriors? Do you keep that on track or? <laughs> uh, well, I've been playing that game since I was seven. So <laughs> I demand the total by the time I talk yeah, to the next. So that's, I play that game a lot. I mean, that game, that game I can, I mean, I can finish it in 15 minutes, 16 minutes. Yeah. But no, there was, there was one year that I, I just, I think it was the year after high school and everyone went away to college and I was still home working. I would sit on the computer because that would be the only way I could talk to my friends who went away to school. And I'd just play that game because I didn't play, like, I didn't play games on the computer. So I would just play Wizards and Warriors over and over and over. So probably I'm equally the same. But <laughs> it's just, I, it's just such a surprise. And that's a good surprise. I mean, it, the baseball was kind of like a, a surprise in the sense where it was like, wow. Did it actually work? I did, I did not see this happening. Kind mm-hmm. of surprise. Where this surprise makes me like it's like a kid on Christmas morning opening up a gift you had no idea saying I was going to get you. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what that's why I picked this one. Nice. Well, I'm happy for you. I, I know roguelikes are your jam, and specifically Isaac. Yeah, it's 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 you know I like retro games. I play that's generally what I play, but this game hits my hit just hits that mark. On, on my head so all right well john let's uh, talk about yours real quick uh yeah mine was the parks and recreation uh reunion or i guess it was like the covid reunion uh video that was on youtube mm-hmm. it was like a 25 like 30 minute uh kind of like mini episode that the uh the original cast from parks and rec uh they came back to like make like a quarantine edition uh, of Parks and Rec, which was pretty cool. It was something that was just kind of happened. Uh, it's de- it's definitely unexpected, and uh, it was just something that was fun to to watch for like you know half hour or whatever. Yeah, it was fun because I remember when they announced it, it was like, oh yeah, it's gonna be like this Friday or whatever, and I was like, oh what? I have to yeah. I actually made time to watch it because um, yeah. I yeah. love Parks and Rec. 
it was, it was nice to see all the characters again. It was funny. So it, it takes place like it was obviously recorded on Zoom. So all the actors are like in their real houses. So they kind of had to like reasons why like April and Andy aren't together. Like Andy's locked in the, uh, the garage because, you know, it's not all these people like live together in real life. And then yeah. because of that, I forgot that Nick Offerman and Mega Mullally or whatever her last name are married in real life. So all of a sudden she's just in the background, like stalking him or whatever. Uh, because she's a crazy person in that. Like, I, it was fun. Like, it wasn't the most hilarious thing. No, it wasn't like the best thing ever, but it was, but it, it was it, like a nice surprise. Yeah, it was nice. It was nice to see everyone again, like, because they didn't yeah. have to do that. Yeah. It's something like, uh, out of everything that's happened, if there was anything like semi good that came out of like quarantine, it was bad. Yeah, I know 30 Rock, they did something similar, which was also fun. Um, but, okay. but the Parks yeah. and Rec crew are just, I don't know, like, it's more like, familial if that makes any sense yeah yeah um, that's been a, a like a trend i think during the whole pandemic like reunions like i mean like parks and rec and 30 rock kind of did it in, like the show itself but i know uh josh gad the guy who plays olaf had the, that show reunited apart where they brought back old like um cast like and movie stuff. cast and stuff to talk about the movie they did goonies i know they, they just did, did one for Karate Kid and Cobra Kai, and before that it was Wayne's World, which was great. Yeah, they did it's like for Ghostbusters too. I watched. Yeah, that. so it's like it's neat to see them all like that, and and during a bright spot. But like the like the Parks and Rec one and the Thirty Rock had it like it wasn't just like you know you saw Chris Pratt talking to like Rob Lowe it was the characters, which was really neat to have that aspect, not like a the normal people just talking. So yeah, so it's kind of like a like kind of sort of like an extra episode. It wasn't quite one. Yeah. But like they kind, of, but Parks and Rec they had like everybody show up, like all these incidental characters. Didn't Pert happily show up? I think John Ralphio did. Yeah, you know, like it was fun, like to see everyone kind of get back together. Plus, we got a little snapshot of like where the characters kind of are now. Um, even though that was sort of the the final episode was like showing them in the future and like kind of where they were going, but it was still neat to see, you know. Yeah, it was it was just something that was all fun, fun thing to watch for like a half hour you know it was a good piece of news i was really happy when i heard that because i think we were still like all locked up like i don't think the store yeah, opened up again yet it was around like that march uh yeah march, yeah, it was, april it was early yeah. yeah all right wes i'm gonna actually hold off on yours real quick because mine's gonna be a little bit shorter you and i are gonna have something to talk about with your surprise um, my surprise was the Harley Quinn cartoon actually being good. Um, and I'm only to touch on this very briefly because later this month, I have a whole podcast planned where I'm going to have a couple of Harley Quinn super fans I know on, and we're going to talk about her and the show specifically. Um, but I'm in a nutshell, I'm not a fan of the character and I'm not a fan of the Joker. And this may be some of the, my favorite versions of those characters, like full stop. Season two Joker, I think, is my favorite version of that character to ever exist, um, which I know is a big statement because everyone has, has, you know, Mark Hamill, like, how do I like him better? Uh, like I said, we'll save that for, for that podcast episode. Um, but Wes's pick for best surprise was really close to being also mine and was also really close to also being my show of the year. So why don't you take it away, Wes? Uh, yeah, my surprise was a show that came out in 2005. Um, and the reason it's on my list as my biggest surprise is because I can't believe it took me 15 years to see it, um, which is Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, 
when it came out, it was on Nickelodeon. Yeah, I have kids. So, you know, I was like, yeah, I would catch a stray episode here or there. Wasn't really into it. Um, but then as time went on, more people kept saying, oh, my God, Avatar is so good. You have to watch it. Um, you know, a friend, a friend of the store, Jericho, would rave about it. Um, I'm like, yeah, okay, okay. But Jericho likes everything. So I'm like, okay. That's kind of the uh, same experience I had with Jericho too about it. <laughs> uh, and and it wasn't until this year where I had several different people said, have you ever seen Avatar Last, Last Airbender? Two different employees uh, of mine at work, both at different times said, you need to watch Avatar. No one I like anime. Yeah. They're like, you have to watch Avatar. I'm like, really? I said, through the years, people said it was really good. They said, no, you have to watch it. Then I come into work at Level Up, and then you say, "Yeah, you really need to watch Avatar. I said, as I just finished, I was like, oh my God, why should you need to watch Avatar? It's really good. Because I had also just watched it for the first time. I had a similar experience where everyone was like, since 2005, I was like, this show is really good. I tried watching it a couple of years ago, and like the first episode's really kind of cartoony, and I was just like, you know what? I was an adult when this came out. I think you needed to have been a kid. And I was just like, I don't think this is for me. Um, but my my big surprise is, yeah, it lived up to the hype, which things right. after being built up for 15 years usually don't. Um, but hot damn, it is a great TV show. Uh, high watermark for children's entertainment or, you know, family entertainment because it's just as good as an adult. Like, I really enjoyed it. I, uh, I enjoyed every episode. Even, even like you said, the first episode was more geared towards kids. And it took me a minute to to warm up to Aang um, only because he, it was, you could tell it was initially geared for kids because the way he acted. And I'm like, okay, I, I don't know. I don't know what everybody's talking about, but by episode two and three, it, it kind of gets its own, comes into its own. And it it was good from the, for the rest of the series. Yeah. Even, even after I jumped on Korra immediately after um, and enjoyed it. Not as much as Avatar, but it, it's still very good in its own. Yeah, Core is a good show. It's just not nearly as good as Avatar. Like it's just in that shadow. It's it's big shoes to fill. Um, have you you guys watched it, John? I assume you probably grew up with it. Yeah, I did. Um, funny enough, uh, I haven't I haven't seen it in full. But when I was kid, I caught episodes here and there. Um, I would love to go back and watch it because you know you guys have been saying it's great. And uh, I'd probably have like just a new perspective on it. But um, I used to play like the the DS games for Avatar the last time Airbender as a kid. Like I remember that more than the TV shows. Um, but what got me out of the last uh, Avatar the last Airbender was actually the movie that came out. Uh, I saw the movie when it came out and I, I didn't like it. Uh, and that was kind of when Avatar fell off for me. But it's cool to see it like come back now and have like uh, an appreciation from like, you know, an adult standpoint in a, in a teenager kid standpoint yeah it, it's it's really good i don't i assume joey yeah, and Greg, i assume you guys have not seen it uh highly recommend it wes was your the reason you watched it because i was raving about it and i never rave about anything was yeah that the, was that the straw that broke your back All right. likes it, it has to be good yeah <laughs> um it, it's funny uh john because you talked about the the, the movie I was actually going to go back and watch the movie to see if I have a different perspective of it. Because when I yeah. saw it in the movie, I didn't really know the character. I didn't know what was going on. And I didn't like it. 
I mean, I'll be honest with you. Watching the the movie's bad, regardless if you've seen the the source material or material or not. I kind of already liked the movie in the way that, like, I love watching like bad movies and ripping on them. Um, It's a terrible, terrible movie. It's one night M Night Shyamalan's worst. Um, But I think I would hate it now that I've seen this show and knowing what it could have been, Um, because the show is like. I said I've said, I mentioned it with Bojack. I love characters, the shows and stuff that are really character draw like driven. Uh, some of the best, most realized characters I, I've seen in any cartoon. Um, name any one of the characters, and they have some sort of great story. Like I can be like, oh, let's talk about Toph, and we can talk about her for forever. But like you know, nothing's better than like Zuko and like the arc he goes on. You know, one of the most compelling characters I've watched in a long time. Um, I've since. Uh, for Christmas, I got the. They've been re-releasing the, re-releasing the comics in like omnibus form, uh, and I got the two, first two volumes of that. So I just read them yesterday, and like it's like not missing a, a beat. It, and so Wes, I'd, I'd recommend you picking those up uh, at some point. They're really good. Um, it's it's just like new episodes. Um, but yeah, I I'm sure everyone knows of how great it is. So I just wanted to throw that out there. How much we enjoyed it. If you've never seen it, give you know, do yourself a favor and watch it. Yeah, it's on Netflix now. It's more accessible than ever. Um, and then I guess give Cora a look too, because Cora's not bad. I know it's got kind of a bad reputation. Um, I know it has some behind the scenes things like season two is pretty cheap looking, but it's a good show. It's also worth watching. Um, but Avatar: Last Airbender is really good. It's fu- yeah, it's so funny that like it took so long for it to like really um catch on i mean it, it was popular when i was a kid like I, I remember like at least when i was in elementary school like everybody liked it um it, it didn't have like a bad rep or anything it wasn't really till the live action movie came out that it it got like a a, a bad reputation from like a, a kid standpoint but it's just so funny that like now like like seeing everybody into it and it was just like one of those things that like i don't know it was just on in the morning or something like that on nickelodeon it's funny how things happen like that, though. Yeah, I'm sure I probably could have said something similar about Ninja Turtles, like, in the 90s. Probably, yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, when that started coming back. But, yeah. yeah um, watch, though. I have to watch it again. But, yeah, if, uh, if, if, you know, anyone watching this or listening to this uh, also wants to check out, there's also three other people who contributed to this. Uh, they also have picks for these things. So before you go commenting about like, I can't believe you didn't talk about so-and-so. We might have, um, so just go to levelupentertainment.com for the full the full listings of all the, the choices we picked. Because um, I'm sure someone's like, why didn't you pick Animal Crossing? Someone picked Animal Crossing, don't worry about it. That was the game I put the most hours into this year, uh, just because it came out right as the lockdown started. It was just like the perfect time to just play a game. Uh, I had nothing else to do. Um, perfect game for the time. Yeah. Uh, it's been fun. Um, but that's going to do it for our 2020 uh, Didn't Completely Suck Awards this year. Um, we'll definitely do 2021. We've been doing this like for five or six years now. Um, this is the first time we've done it in podcast form. So knock on wood. And as long as this is still fun to do, I'm going to keep doing a podcast, you know, I'll keep doing the podcast. So, you know, maybe we'll see us again next year. But, you know, you can tune into us every week here. Uh, every Friday we release new episodes. Um, guys got any closing argument or uh, closing statements, not closing arguments about, uh, you know, 2020, some, some send offs to what you'd like to say. (laughs) Yeah. Good riddance. 
Yeah, I mean, it wasn't all bad. I mean, like we talked about, you know, there's it's been stressful and hard, but people have most a lot of people have gotten through it. Not everybody, you know, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. it, it, but that but that being said, you know, there are a lot of people who did who have done amazing things, not just doctors, but friends and neighbors. And, you know, I'm, I'm thankful that not everybody in this world is. Uh, to lack of a better word, not a jerk, you know, um, so, you know, I, I am thankful for that, you know, it, but, you know, there's, there's always something good to look for every year, you know, no, no matter, no, no matter who you are, what you do, you know, I think, I think hopefully you can find something that was good for this year. Um, and that's all I have to say, just, you know, keep positive hope, you know, hopefully next year is better, but you know, it's, you know, it's, it's going to be a different world. You know, we're going to be totally different than we were this year. So yeah, good think, or bad. I think so. it's important to remember, even in like when in the bad times, there are always things to be thankful for and, and positive. I know we were taught, you know, we've discussed like, because we're like a pop culture store. We talked about like, you know, fun things like video games and cartoons and stuff, but the, you know, there's, there's been a lot of people that have done a lot of good work um, over this year. A lot of people have come together help do food drives and, and help out like, you know, local communities and stuff and people that have been devastated by this, um, you know, extreme circumstances we found ourselves in and people are continuing to do that as well. Um, you know, we're still, you know, 2020 might be over, but you know, all of the problems from 2020 are going to continue on for the foreseeable future, you know, hopefully sooner rather than later, you know, we'll, we'll be through the light at the end of the tunnel, but you know, until then try to try to remember to, to, to find the positives where you can and not just find them for yourself, but like, remember to tell people about them and, and to share things. Um, I mean, one of the things that I really liked about 2020 is starting to do the podcast. I mean, granted it started as circumstances where it's like, I can't hang out with people. And this was kind of an excuse to do that. Um, but you know, it, it's been fun to keep doing. And like I said, as long as it continues to be fun, I will keep doing it. Yeah. I was going to, I was, I was actually going to say thank you for the podcast yeah the way to like see people uh you know we're here own little bubble especially during the middle of it i mean i was lucky enough to be on a few and that baseball one like that was fun it, it's something that i always look forward to coming into the store and being able to talk with greg and even back before like before podcast with bob morgan and like always talking about baseball with with like friends because you know most of my friends aren't real baseball guys, but I have a few. So I have like Greg and Harry and, and like my dad, but I haven't been able to see people. So to have that moment and have that kind of like, like sense of normalcy in the middle of it, it's been such a, it's oh. been the silver lining in, in this crazy whole mixed up world that a podcast like this can catch on. And oh, be dude, my, my dad watched the baseball one and was like, hey, next time you guys talk baseball, I want to come on. Uh, cause he, he's like, I miss talking to Joey about stuff. Cause you know, not that you guys hang out all the time, but he, he always liked you because you guys could always talk like sports and different kinds of things. Yeah. Like you're and, any day of the week. Yeah. yeah hopefully, uh, hopefully I'll be back in the store next year, you know, uh, at some point, uh, well, be a little know, different, but probably the nights and weekends, you know, or whatever, you know, but I do want to, you know, I want to, I do miss everybody who works there and, you know, all of the friends I've made over the years. Um, you know, it's, it's been it's been weird. Um, if anyone doesn't know, my my wife gave birth this year. Um, mm -hmm. It's our first child. Um, so you know, it's it's. I've been thankful for, for that time with her, um, but I do miss the store a lot. I miss work working with the people I work with. Miss miss you know my friends who I've met made it over the years. Like there's 
there's so many people that I've missed be- and it's just crazy to think like they have kids who are 13 years old now or whatever, like, or good at, for instance, like Wes's daughter, my have known since she was a little baby, you know, and she's what now? 23, 23. 22, 23, 23. 20, she'll be 24 next month. Oh my 24. God. Like I and, I, and I can't wait till, you know, you and my take and hold, you know, my child, which is, you know, hopefully sometime in the middle next year, she'll be a little older then, but you know, like it's going to be weird seeing my T who I held. Yeah, in my well, arms she's all gonna, years ago. You'll say your daughter's going to be talking to them by the time they, they see each other. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, well, so, it's you know, funny like, because yeah. I said when uh, Sean came into the store the other day and Greg, I said the exact same thing. I said, it's just, it's, it's so weird how, you know, we, the, the friendship that we've all built over the, over the years, you know, we've all, you know, gone through so many different experiences. We've all gotten older. Now we have kids and, now we're seeing our, you know, our kids grow up and it's just, it's, you know, it's, I, I am very grateful for that because it's, it's something you, you know, you never forget. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, it, everybody you know. stores family to me. Yeah. So it's, it's more than just, you know, being, being the store, like it, like, um, because this year we hired a couple of people and I was sort of mentioning to them after the fact, like yeah, after I got to know them a little bit that like, you know, for example, like one of the people we hired this year is tab who we've known since she was a little girl. But you know, she's like, why did you guys want to? I know what, which is like, why did you guys want to hire me? She's not into this stuff. And I was like, it's more a personality thing. Like we're all friends and stuff at the store. So it was just kind of like, hey, we knew you would fit. Um, but like, you know, that's the corporate lines. Like, you know, we're not, a, we're, you know, we're not, we're, you're not my workers, you're my family or whatever. But we get, we all are genuinely friends. Like, you know, everyone here works at the store and generously generously donating their time to continue to talk to me about things i john and i talked about nonsense all day long today and now he's continuing to do it until you know the evening um which in regards to that i i am an old man i'm getting tired uh so i'm gonna i think we should we should wrap it up um but thank you guys so much for, for joining me uh thanks for your picks for these um hey we missed something sound off in the comments i'd love to hear it it's good for our algorithm as well. Um, but yeah, let us know, you know, agree, disagree. Is Avatar the worst show that's ever existed? Um, but I don't think, I don't think I've ever heard anyone who's watched it say they don't like it. Um, <laughs> so we'll see. Um, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure I'm tempting fate with the, those comments. Um, but so until next time, uh, be safe. <laughs>